we started talking about you know understanding the work of the ministry and um, we you know the lord um, was showing us the place of his saints in his body the lord has been showing us our place in him and the structures and the systems and the operations that he has placed in his body which we are part of and uh, he is trying to show us what we should focus on because it is possible for the body to be distracted hallelujah and we see that all around um, you know sometimes cancer is something that is growing in a body that is not is growing that is not how do I put it it is contrary to the body yet is growing in the body it's using the resources that the body supplies it to grow contrary to the body am I making sense if, if the body dies the cancer dies because the cancer doesn't have another source of en another source of energy or life or nutrient you know but it is taking the correct nutrients the same nutrient that every other part of the body is using to grow is taking the same nutrient but is growing contrary to the body and that is you know i said something last week i said there are people who are receiving the goodness of god who are receiving the blessing of god who are receiving even the anointing they are benefiting from the anointing but they are using it to power the Gentile life. They are using it to do what? They are using it to power the what? The Gentile life. When you, when, when you take an examination of their life, you know, what we, what we discussed last week concerned about the futility of the mind, the vanity of the mind, that is the engine room that you find in their life. Hallelujah. See, if, if God doesn't if, 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 if God doesn't win us from that gentile life, you will discover at the end of life that you have lived for nothing. It's a serious, and that's why God takes it seriously. It's the singular opposition against the agenda of God. Man wants to live for vanity. Man will get angry and hold grudge and envy and malice because they put him in a seat that he doesn't want to be put. Amen. A lot of life is powered by what? Vanity. And that's why scripture says that vanity upon vanity. It's all vanity. And when God hasn't drained vanity out of our lives, every resources we have will be misused. Every resource, every influence you have, Every position of advantage you get to, you are going to misuse it. Why? Because vanity has not been what? Drained out of your life. So the greatest, I was saying, you know, um, I can't remember the day I was saying that. You see, Satan isolated is not the greatest threat to the body of Christ. It is the unregenerated mind. A mind that is by design at rebellion against the counsels and the will of God. That's God's greatest enemy. And that's why God expended great resources by sacrificing his only begotten son to do what? To transform and to change us. And that is God's primary commitment, your transformation, your change. Any other thing is secondary. If you like, let your anointing tear wall. It's a secondary, it's secondary as far as God's purpose is concerned. The primary purpose is what? Change. He, God wants to tear off that gentle mind. That in that day, he said, I will write what? My laws. Where? In their hearts. And I will be their God and they will be my He said, and no one will Teach his neighbor. Know the Lord. Do you know why? Because true knowledge of the Lord is not intellectual. It is experiential. It means that everyone will have a heart and a passion to pursue the Lord. So everyone is touching God at the level of intercourse and fellowship. Am I making sense? 
So nobody will be able to say, this, let me describe God to you. Say, no, the one I just, that just spoke to me. The one under whose authority and tutelage I am. That's what it means. God wants to rid us of that Gentile life. Because that life, that Gentile life, no matter how beautiful it looks on the outside, is powered by emptiness. Vanity. Hallelujah. And it is even a great grievous issue when we are now using spiritual resources to do what? To power vanity. It doesn't mean God doesn't bless. Am I making sense? Say God blesses. Say God lifts up. Scripture says I am the one that lifts up one and brings down what? God does that. But that is not the purpose of his grace and his anointing. Hallelujah. It's not. If that was the purpose, no other person, only Christians will have money. Am I making sense? No other person would be able to access wealth or money or position of influence outside of the anointing or the grace of God. But he's made those things freely available. Do you know why? So that man should not live by what? Your life is not to be lived by bread. It should be lived by what? Every word that does what? That proceeds from the mouth of God. So God has been teaching us that the work of the ministry, the ministry that you and I have, is that what? Which should be committed to the, allowing the Holy Spirit to transform us, to rid us of that vanity mind, that gentle mind, that mind that is propelled and powered by vanity, by lust, lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, pride of life, and the things that doesn't have eternal value. And God wants to instill into us a new understanding, a new mindset, a, a heavenly mindset, so that we can see eternal things and esteem eternal things of greater priority and pursue those eternal things amen while not being distracted by the things that are temporal hallelujah you know last week we talked about pathways of spiritual migration amen that's where we really dealt with the issue of the gentile mind amen and this morning i said i was going to talk about you know the cup of the new testament hallelujah amen somebody said the cup of the New Testament. You know, I wrote in my note, I said the cup of the New Testament is at the very heart. You know, when you look at your body, you have the heart, right? You have the brain. The heart is so central. It is the one that pumps blood to everywhere. If your heart stops working, stops pumping blood, what's going to happen to the whole body? What's going to happen to the whole body? It's dead. You can still manage not to have hands. You'll be hampered. You'll be challenged to a certain degree, right? But you can manage it. Amen. You, you can. But you can't manage not having a heart. Because the heart is central. What does it do? It pumps the blood. And in the blood is the word, is the nutrients that every cell in the body uses for what? For growth and for survival. Hallelujah. So the issue of the cup of the New Testament is at the very heart of the doctrine. Hallelujah. 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 I said, yeah, I said migrating and being integrated into the functioning unit of the body comes by accepting the Lordship of Christ. By accepting the what? I started this morning from saying that when any part of the body grows outside of the mandate of the body, using the body's resources. What do we call it? Cancer. Cancer. So there are times when the body, when you have malaria, when you have malaria, what, is, what causes malaria? A parasite, right? Parasite uh, goes into your body and uses the resources of the body because it's li what a parasite means that that parasite can't live outside of your body. Am I making sense? 
So it uses the resource of your body to wage war against the body. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So that is how, that's how cancer works. You know, but God constantly purifies and cleanses its body of any growth within the body that is not serving the primary function of the body. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Do you get my point? Do you get the point I'm trying to make? It's science. You know, I'm still not talking deep stuff. I'm just saying that when you take your malaria drug, what are you trying to do? You are trying to flush out that contrary thing that is living within your body. That is waging war against your body. Hallelujah. And it is, if you don't do that, the body cannot function optimally. That's why you see people having fever. They cannot function the way every other human being functions. Why? Because something contrary is what? Is going on. One of the things that, that runs contrary programs in our lives as members of Christ's body, you know, we've talked about the biggest one, the gentile mind. Hallelujah. So God is constantly looking to do what? To purge us of that mind. Because it runs contrary. It's like a cancer. It's taking resources from the body, but it's doing its own thing. It's crushing your organs. It's creating chaos, you know, hormonal imbalance and all sort of things. It's trying to wreak havoc within the body. So God must purge it. Hallelujah. Because when it is not purged, the body is not healthy. The body can't function at what? At this optimum capacity. And how does God do that? How does God purge the wrong things out of us? Somebody says submission. 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 By submitting to Christ's lordship, by obeying his instructions, by staying committed in fellowship. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In devotion. Those are the avenues that God used to do what? To cleanse. To purge. To purge. He's removing strange understandings. He's removing things that are contrary. You know, our thinking pattern that is not according to the will of God. Hallelujah. When people prioritize what they're not supposed to prioritize, the issue is that they have a wrong mindset, spiritual mindset. Amen. The Pharisees, scriptures told the Pharisees, he said, you guys, imagine having a set of very strong devotion. The Pharisees are the... You know, one of the highest regimented people. They are so devoted to their lifestyle. Am I making sense? They will not even greet you. They won't even greet you. They, they had so much confidence in their lifestyle that, remember the, the, the parable that Jesus spoke about, about a Pharisee and a sinner that went up to pray. That is the level of their confidence. The Bible says, the Pharisees stood up and said, Lord, God, I thank you because I fast three times daily and three times weekly. I am not like this. He had confidence in his regimented life. But imagine that level of regiment based on the wrong priorities. Because Jesus told them, he said, you have, you have neglected the weightier matters of the Lord. And you are pursuing shadows. Hallelujah. So it is possible for you to be highly regimented. Some people, can, some people pray two hours every day. And they are committed and faithful to it. But they pray the wrong things throughout those two hours. Wrong things, wrong focus, wrong pursuit, wrong agenda. There are so many agendas now that are not of God. That's why she just says that the foundation of the Lord stands what? Sure. Having this seal that what? The Lord does what? He knows, genosco. He knows by intercourse those who are his. He looks at the pattern. You know, the, 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 the word foundation there is not speaking primarily about strength, about support. He's speaking primarily about pattern. You know, if you are going to build a house, you are going to follow the pattern laid from the foundation. Am I making sense? Am I making sense? 
That is the pattern. That's what he's saying there. The foundation of the Lord stands on. The pattern is laid. The Bible said that there is no other foundation that is laid except that which is laid in what? In Christ. He said, now let every man think and be careful concerning what he builds on it. Because if it is not according to the pattern, it will be rejected. Hallelujah. 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 So being integrated into the body. We said that when saints do the work of the ministry, that is when the body of Christ becomes edified. Right? Is that clear to everybody now? Is that very clear? When saints do the work of the ministry, that is when the body of Christ becomes what? So when saints are not doing the work of the ministry, the body doesn't get edified. And we said to the point that a strong five-fold ministry doesn't automatically make the body edified. You can have a strong pastorate. You can have a strong apostle, a powerful, mighty prophet. It doesn't necessarily translate to the body being. The body doesn't get edified by the anointing upon the fivefold. No, there must be something in between, which is that the anointing upon the fivefold must equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. That is when the body gets edified. Because the body doesn't derive its sustenance and energy from only the anointing upon the fivefold. It derives it from what every joint does what? Supplies. Ephesians 4.16. Say by what every joint supplies, the body is edifies itself in what? In love. By what? Every joint. And there must be an effectual working in every part. There must be a walking of the Holy Spirit. There must be a walking of God. There must be an integration of God. Every cell is doing its own, yet it is working in unison. So the body grows by what? Every joint supply. What are you supplying? Your supply comes from your work of the ministry. What is that ministry? Your growth your edification, your transformation. That's your work of ministry. Allowing the Holy Spirit to write and to inscribe in your heart. Hallelujah. 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 So the body, when it is fully functioning, at its full functional um, position, takes directive from the head. Every cell Every organ, every system is under the coordination of what? Of the head. So whatever purpose, whatever purpose is conceived in the head, the whole body works to utilize that purpose. That is a full functional body. Am I making sense? Am I making sense? Imagine, imagine the, that the purpose conceived in the head is that you want to be the fastest man. What goes to training? What goes to training? Your whole body. Am I making sense? Your whole body. Your diet will be affected. Am I making sense? Now leg won't run, no, but that, this boy self, they suffer. <laughs> Did you get my point? It's your leg that will eventually physically do the running, but even though the power is coming from the whole body, that's why it is not how long your leg is that determines how fast you are. Have you met short and speedy? We call them speedy secondary school. Short, but before you blink, they are gone. It is not in the length of the leg. It's the power that the body has. So you train. You train. You, you, know, you change your taste board. You eat specific things. Why? Because the whole body needs to get in shape for the purpose conceived in the head to be actualized. Am I making sense? You know, every Saturday morning I take my son to um, a football training um, academy inside Unilag there. And then I see people who are running. You know, there are all these other people training for athletes. Even there's a way you must, your hand must be while you're running for you to be effective. 
the coach will shout, open your palms, open, because some, some people were running like this, folding their palms. The coach will shout at them, open your palms. I said, what fingers must partake in this whole discipline. Because for when the body is fully functional, the whole body is receiving instructions and carrying out the agenda of what is conceived. And that is where God wants us to be. That whatever idea has been conceived in Christ. Remember Romans 8, verse 28. It said, for whom he did what? For new, he did what? Predestined to be conformed to. That is the idea that has been conceived in Christ. Conformity. Ephesians 4, we read that it is the word measuring up to the uh, measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. It's the same thing. That is the idea that has been conceived in Christ. God conceived that idea in Christ. Now, the body must work to do what? To actualize that idea. So the body must discipline itself. You know, whether you, you are tongue, you must discipline yourself you can't just eat anything because if you eat anything you're going to become fat and then you are not going to be able to run hallelujah Amen. hallelujah the bible said that paul is talking in first covenant he said consider men who strive for the glory of these worlds how they are what how they are temporary how they are disciplined how they are disciplined they go through stress. They go through tough regimen. He said they strive for a glory that what? That perishes. He said, but we strive for what? An incorruptible glory. He said that he that strives. How did he put it? He said he that strives for this, it must be temperate in what, sir? In all things. In all things. If people who do things for perishable things, you know, they put a medal in your name, on your, your neck, they put your name, watch faster. So before you know it, somebody is going to beat your world record and you'll be forgotten. Who was the name of the person who said, who was the fastest man in 1952? Do you remember them now? They're gone. Somebody else has broken the record. Now it's Usain Bolt that is raining. Hear the word of the Lord. Somebody will soon break Usain Bolt. If I be a man of God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. The same thing with football. Footballers now, they can't eat anything. They can't eat anything. It's a serious, deliberate work of training to actualize a word, a dream. So when we are fully, what shows that we have been fully integrated in the body? And we have become a supply point. Not the word. We have become a word. A supply point that brings edification. Is that we have been totally submitted to the agenda of the head. Is that very clear? That's why the Bible says that we are supposed to do what? Grow up. It, it, it gives me the... It, it's a funny idea in my head. But that's the, it's as though the head is still suspended and the body needs to grow and join the head amen he said make do what grow up into him in what you know so but this is a better idea say the 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 frame of the church is set let me explain it you know sometimes parents i'm parents wave your hands to jesus when you are buying clothes for your children you don't ever buy the accurate size. It's a law, but I don't know who promulgated that law. But it's a law. What do you do? You buy maybe one size, two sizes ahead. And then you now trust that that child will do what? We grow into it. Shoes most of, most of the time. But while that child is growing into it, what do you pack the shoes with? You pack it with tissue, pack it with all You shall wear it. Even the child going is eager to wear it. He said, no, wait. It is still not. Like, no, I will wear it like that. That is the description. So there is already a what? A frame. There is already a what? A stature that 
God wants us to do what? To grow into. That growth comes when we all do the what? The work of the ministry. And when we are joined together as what? As one body. So, doing the work of the ministry is the personal responsibility. Somebody said personal responsibility. Say there is a corporate responsibility. Say to me, say there is a corporate responsibility. It is called discerning the body. Hallelujah. Amen. Ephesians chapter 5, very quickly. So as we grow, let me just link it up for us. As we grow spiritually, as we allow the Holy Spirit to transform us, as we are being weaned from that Gentile mind, and the kingdom mind is being established, as God writes his laws in our hearts, and then we become conformed to him, in the scripture that we should receive with meekness, the engrafter, when I does do what? Able to. So as that process goes on, you will, two things will happen. There will be individual responsibility. There will be increase in your pursuit of the knowledge of God. Not intellectual knowledge, but what? Experiential knowledge. You will prioritize fellowship a lot more. You prioritize devotion a lot more. You are constantly asking the question, Lord, what would you want me to do? What is your will and purpose for my life? You, you begin to have the eye view and the mindset of doing things according to the what? The will of God. You begin to judge everything in your life by what the Lord wants. Whether it's a job opportunity or getting married or going out or, you know, you, you, that, there is that frame that comes into your life where your satisfaction comes from fulfilling the will of God. That's what Jesus said in John chapter 4. He said, my meat, what gives me energy, what sustains my being is to what? To do the will of him that sent me and to finish it. So that also will become our own experience. You will feel absolutely uncomfortable doing anything without seeking the endorsement of God. You are going to lose your peace when you are not sure God is in anything you are doing. You are not just comfortable. You can't shake that feeling off. Am I making sense? Why? Because something is happening on the inside. There is an engrafting that is going on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So you want to wait on God before you do anything. Your joy comes from having been in his presence. Amen. Your satisfaction comes from being in his presence, from hearing him. Your satisfaction comes that I have spent time with God. Your, your med meditation of the word becomes the thing that you look forward to. And it becomes an exciting journey with the Lord. That is happening on one side. On the other side, God is also fusing you into the body. You begin to have what I call the corporate identity. So you are not running an individual agenda. Am I making sense? Am I making sense? You are not what? You are not running an individual. We read in Acts chapter 1 last week. I don't want us to go through it today because of time. How when the, those guys have, haven't heard the gospel and haven't repented and haven't joined themselves to the church, the Bible said that everything they had, they began to see it as not only theirs. Am I making sense? They saw their resources, whatever it is they have, as resources for the saints. So if there is a need among the saints, they don't mind going to sell what they have and then do what? And give to meet that need. The second thing I said last week also is that, I said for that to properly happen, there also was trust within the leadership. There is what? There is trust. The leadership have exemplified themselves. They have shown themselves as examples of not people who arrogate resources and wealth to themselves or who hold something back, 
but they have become distributing centers. So somebody can go and sell their banana island uh, land and maybe it's worth 3 billion and then bring it and then say, I put, please use this for the need of the saints. There is so much trust. The reason why people, some of the reasons why people struggle with giving, we don't say this part, is that there is little trust. Trust has been what? Has been eroded. We know giving is between you and God, right? But some people are, when they see that they are giving their, what you call your Torah and Kobo, <laughs> and then when it enters, where it comes out is that the man of God is becoming overfattened. You know, it's not my word, over what? Overfatting, and the church is becoming lean. You know, that is the system of the world. That's the system of the world. The leadership overfattings itself while the people are what? Are groping in poverty and in lack. I mean, look at our own legislators recently. You said that the country is bankrupt. There is no money. We've borrowed money. We are neck uh, deep in debt. And then you could still vote 160 million for land. That is not even the market value of the price. Somebody has even put something on top of it because it's not that expensive in the market. I think it's about 120 million. If you want to buy now, it's about 120 million. But it's because it's government that's buying it. Somebody's still put 40. And the country is broke. We are broke. That's the way of the world. But that's not the way of the church. In the way of the church, leadership is sacrificial. It is what? Leadership is sacrificial. Leadership is by example. You don't put burden on the people that you yourself are not carrying. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You see, but when church, when, when the constitution of a church is by people who have not jettisoned their individual mindsets. You are going to see the way of the world in full operation. Did you hear what I just said? When God begins to integrate you into the church, when there is a challenge to grow up to fit that frame, one of the things that will fall off is your individual mindset. Hallelujah. You can't be truly spiritual if you still retain your individual mindset. And I'm not saying that you should not be individually unique. That's not what I'm talking about. Am I making sense? But I'm talking about self-centeredness. When you care only about your own. Hallelujah. That's what God wants to what? That, that sense, that individualism, that self-centeredness. We are all dressed nice. We are all looking beautiful. Everybody, we are calling ourselves brother and sisters, but we don't truly care about one another. Ephesians five thirty, very quickly. He said, "For we are what members of his body and what his flesh and of his bones." Verse thirty one. For this, somebody said, "For this cause, a man shall do what leave his father and his what." mother and be what join unto his wife and they too shall be one flesh verse 32 this is a great word mystery but i speak concerning who i speak concerning who so in summary christ and his bride the church you and i must be what must be joined together the the ultimate the end point of that joining, the end point of that marriage, rather, must be what? Union. Union. We must become one flesh with the Lord. For we are members of his flesh and of his what? And of his bones. We must be united with him. It must be it's the same system that flows from the head that does what? That flows through the body. If anybody has two heads, what do we call it? A monster. An abnormality. So a system can originate from the head and another one is operating the body. No. That is not a functional unit. That is an abnormal body. Am I making sense? 
Am I making sense? Quickly, 1 Corinthians 12. For as the body is what? How many is the body? Somebody say one. And has many members. And what? All the members of that one body being many, but are what? Are one. This shows that there is a there, there is an operating principle within that body. Is that every member sees itself as a part of the whole unit. Did you get the point? You are a member. You are a part of the whole unit. You are not existing in isolation. You can't, you can't be effective in the work of the ministry if you see yourself as an isolated being. You cannot be effective. You can't be... I have never found a self-centered, very spiritual person. You can't. You can't be very spiritual. In fact, you can't be spiritual and be self-centered. You cannot. You only care about yourself. Your money is only spent on yourself. And you are a spiritual person. No, you might be a religious person. You are not a spiritual person. Your prayers, they are all about yourself. You are a religious person, not a spiritual person. Being spiritual means that you have come to a point where you know that you are a part of the world, of the body. And God places the burden of the body or, or on you. So people come around you and they can't remain the same. Somebody has a need around you, you are extending it. Amen. Your house, any extra space in your house. People are around you. People come to you and you know. You can't be a lone ranger and say you are spiritual. No, you are lying to yourself. You are lying to yourself. It doesn't mean that some of us don't struggle. Let me, for example, my wife is more open to people than I. Amen. She, she is ahead of me in that one. I'm the one catching up. And it's good. That's why they join us together. So that you not be running alone. My wife is someone that people, even when she didn't have her own house, she can't find somebody in need and not you know, and not embrace, and not do something to help. And then as I began to grow, I also began to do what? To open myself. I began to open myself. I still like my own space. Sometimes I still want to run into my own shell. Am I making sense? But that is not, that is not my friend. I'm not comfortable saying I'm just only concerned about myself. No. That means you are not yielding to God. Some of us have been hurt by brethren. It's part of the cross. <laughs> he said, I will never have anything to do with church people again. He said, lie. If you are truly spiritual, God will send you to the battleground again. You've just been wounded. Don't worry. Come. Come and heal. Go to the sick bay. Once you are healed, you give you the gun. Go back again to the front lines. That is the life you signed up for. If you are not returning to the front lines anymore, you have been permanently incapacitated. They've, they've, they've done damage to you permanently. And in the spirit, that damage, what that means is that you have, you have refused God to heal you. Because there's no damage that can be done to you that God can't heal. Are you hearing me? There is no damage that anybody or anything or even life. Some of you have been dealt very difficult issues in life. Sometimes you look at yourself and say, am I the only one? There is no damage that life deals with you that God cannot heal. There's nothing you are going through that God cannot bring something great out of it. But sometimes we refuse to allow God to walk in it. So you will remain in a place of permanent what? Damage. But true spirituality is that your heart opens to the body. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say true spirituality is that my heart opens to the body. You are not an individual person. You are not living an individual lifestyle. For as the body is one and had many members and all the members of that body being many are one, so also is who? Christ. Verse 13, very quickly. Somebody say, by one spirit. Say, by one spirit. By one spirit. Are we all what? Into 
Say we all have one baptism. One. The same one. They are not, God, God is not dealing with you. Say it's my own, no. You know, no, 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 no. There is no lesser baptism for anybody. You are only choosing to reject the baptism of the Lord. By one spirit, are we all baptized? It doesn't matter whether you are Jew or what. Jew or Gentile, they hate themselves. Can you see what's going on in Gaza and like this? Because it's a matter of identity. A Jew sees a Gentile. For the name Gentile is a godless person. It's an identity. They call them, we, we are the one who are with God. There is nothing that can be more diametrically opposed like Jew and Gentile. But Bible says that when the Spirit comes and they are both baptized, God flushes out that mindset. There is no longer a Jew. There is no longer Gentile. There is no bond. There is no what? There is no free. We have been made to do what? To drink into one spirit. That brother sitting beside you, if he's a Christian, is bonded more strongly to you than your natural brother and sister. Why? You've been able to drink into what? One spirit. We must see ourselves as this for ministry to be effective. Do you, did you get what I'm trying to say? You can't, you can't see yourself as just members of the TGC Yaba who come every Wednesday and Saturday and just sit together. You see, that's why we emphasize relationship here. Not relationship with ulterior motive. Am I making sense? But there is no way we can truly be a church if we don't mingle. If we don't supply to one another. If we're not there for one another. That's why, remember where we started this conversation from? Ephesians chapter 4 verse 1. Which walk worthy of what? Of your vocation in the Lord. With all what? Loneliness and gentleness. With what? Long suffering. Because ministry involves long suffering. Ministry is not shouting the way I'm shouting now. And jumping and saying, hey, power, flow. That's not ministry. Ministry is long suffering. You suffer long. You bear the burden of one another. You are committed to being better because you know. You know, it's, that's why marriage is really marriage is really crucial. Two people are coming, two imperfect people are coming together in a marriage and saying, in spite of our idiosyncrasies and weaknesses and strengths, we are committed to making this thing what? Work. Is it that we make it work or the house scatter and crashes? And that's why you have a lot of societal issues now because the more homes are breaking, the more children are becoming wayward, the more society is slipping into what? Into anarchy and darkness. But it all comes down to two people not being able to what? To work together. That's why when you read the vow, you don't, you know, some people, they have changed the vow. Church, we live your you. Church, we are so, we are so alacious. He said, for richer and for richer, for better and for better. That's not what the vow says. It says for what? Nobody's praying that you should get worse. I right? make it sense. But when you are making a vow, you are saying, irrespective of the situation, this is my commitment. Hallelujah. That's what we are basically saying. No matter what happens, I have taken a position and this is what? My commitment. For richer, for poorer in sickness and nobody's praying that you have sickness amen but we're saying that it's like paul saying what shall separate us from the love of christ say neither death nor life why why you know why do you not reject the life if it's <laughs> say neither death nor life nor things of this world nor things to come he was saying that no matter what no matter what something must be constant god we will not be separated from god's love that's what the marriage vow is. And that's also the way the body of Christ is. Hallelujah. Are we getting the point this morning that at a certain point of spiritual growth, God begins to win us of our individual mindsets. And we must not reject him. Scripture says, do not reject him who speaks. Am I making sense? 
because it is an integral working of the Holy Spirit. That must happen to us so that we can be a perfect church, so that we can be a church that is cleansed, so that we can be a church without what? Spot and what? And wrinkle, so that we can all truly grow into that measure of the stature of the world, of the food. Your individual anointing alone can will not take you to that measure of the stature. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Scripture says, who had known the mind of Christ that we may what? Instruct him. What is the next statement? He said, but we, somebody say we, we have the mind of Christ. You cannot sing one singularly alone by yourself. Have 100% of the mind of Christ. No, that's why isolation is a dangerous thing. It's a dangerous thing. Not submitted. Not being under regimen. Not being under, you know, not submitted to the body or to the brother. It's a dangerous thing. Just doing your own in your own little corner. Nobody knows about what you're doing. It's a dangerous thing. Because you don't have the mind of Christ all by yourself alone. And God designed the body to be like that. If you had read this First Corinthians 12, there's a point where scripture says that. He said, the eye cannot say to the ear that I have no need of you. So imagine us sitting in church and thinking we have no need of each other. And all we care about is our own individual lives. We're deceiving ourselves. He said, the leg cannot say to the nose, I have no need of you. He said, even if it says so, does it truly mean it has no need of it? Does it in reality? No. So we have need of one another. Say to your neighbor, I have need of you. Say, I need you to survive. We must jettison our individualistic mindset and embrace our corporate identity. That means we must truly care for one another. And in that prayers of caring, sometimes we will hurt one another. Am I making sense? When you hurt, you do what? You forgive. That's why provision has been made for forgiveness. If we were all perfect, there would not be need for provision. Sometimes people will step on your toes. You take it for the body. And you focus on the goal. There's a lot of things people on the front line of a war, they don't think about. Amen? Imagine you are shooting your enemy and somebody fast. You say, hmm. Somebody just fast. And then you are distracted. Nobody thinks about that. What is the eyes on the what? On the goal. Eyes on the goal. Ears listening to the command of the commander. Everybody joined together. Watching each other's back. I've never watched him. Some people want to, there's an advanced team. They want to move to a location. They say, you cover us. Amen. Because as that team is moving, they cannot protect themselves. Somebody else that does what? That protects them and is firing the enemy and distracting the enemy while those people do what? That's the way the body is. See, there are some terrain you will walk. Your energy will not sustain you. Your supply in that season will come from the body. God help you if you are not fully joined. Why do, errors, why do people fall into errors and errors fester? Because people are not truly joined. They're not fully joined. They can't receive from the body. They can't receive correction. They are not fully joined. Be careful of any ministry or anybody that the only purpose that they serve or that person serve is to give, to point to you. They can't receive. Be careful of such people. And let me tell you where it starts from. You know, somebody can enter this assembly now and say, all they are thinking about throughout this message is her. Why are you talking about so they call them sons of God? Oh, she's what I call them sons of God. All they do in a service, no matter who is preaching, say, ah, Baba will get Kenya Dada. Rev Yokohite, he's not, he's not hitting. Ah, he has not. Remember that thing I told you? Ah, he's not. All they concern about throughout service is what the man of God or the pastor is not preaching where I could have done it better. Ah, Tobashi, if they just give me this mind, ah, you know, they will now pick it. It was there I sat beside one brother in church. 
As pastor, then when as pastor was preaching, the brother would tap me, say, you know, what pastor is trying to say is, oh guy, go message. Let me hear a message now. This brother would tap me, say, you can go around there, and they'll be quoting scripture. I said, I'll quickly say, let me show you, let me show you, let me show you. And then woman said, Hey, my Bamike. Sir, you, 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 you are not listening to the message. Amen. That's the way some people are. All they see is what needs to be done. They don't ever put themselves in a position where they receive. They are not joined. They are not joined. Because even the brain that is looking like the powerhouse in the body, right? It receives nutrients from where? And blood supply from the what? From the heart. Imagine if the brain and the heart, they are now at war. They say, I will not send you instruction. They say, okay, don't send me. Too. I will not send you blood. There is no matter the level you are, you are not above receiving from the body. The day you think you are above, you have been cut off. You are already dying. Remember, we said recently we said that let give people opportunity to begin to you know share the word with us. Some people are like, no, 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 don't do. No, we you need to bless us. There is a word in you. There is a walk in you that we should partake of. Otherwise, we are not the body. You don't want me to to be blessed. I can sit here for the next six months and one year, listen to, and I will be so happy. I'll be so happy. Hallelujah. God wants us to. And we must all imbibe that corporate responsibility. Corporate, somebody say corporate responsibility. Say it, we come. Say corporate responsibility. It, it, it even comes to simple things like some of you in church now, you are trusting God and praying for today's service before you are here. Don't ever just get up and walk casually to church. No, that is not someone who is joined. That's not the behavior of someone who is joined or who recognizes that they are joined. You must take responsibility. Everybody must carry this ark of the Lord. Every one of us must submit our shoulder. Hallelujah. There is nobody, this is not a case where the commander is pot-bellied at the back and is moving. No, everybody must get into the trench and carry this purpose through. That is what makes us a church, a functioning unit in the body. Every cell does the work. Everything that goes into your body, it is broken down to the world, to the cellular level. Every cell must function. Every one of us must bear responsibility. Hallelujah. Are we blessed? Let's stand to our feet and give God praise this morning.